This means being live streamed. Got it. Um, I think it might be live setting up your meeting for custom live streaming service. It's still loading. Um, it's like okay, a 30 second delay. Yeah, I think we're live though. Start. I'm yeah, pretty sure live. we are. Um, hey guys, welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's been, it seems like it's been forever since we've done an episode. Uh, we've been busy with the conference, which was amazing. We're going to get into some of that tonight. Also, please let us know in the chat if you can hear us. Um, we don't we, we want to make sure that you guys could even hear us before we start. Um, tonight, obviously, we're joined by Tony Red Riggs once again for like the 10th time on our show. Who knows how many times it's been? He's my, one of these days, my, I'll get it right. right. One of these times, I'm going to get it right, you guys. You're my favorite person to interview because I really don't have to prepare for the interview. Sorry, I had my uh, audio on. Um, you had your audio on. Yeah, no, but it's it's nice because I don't have to really prepare. I'm just like, oh, it's just Tony. I can just like take a nap all the way up until it's time oh, to it's record. Tony. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I don't mean that as an insult. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> really quick guys Not before really we bad, before we jump into it just a few things hopewell farm cbd if you guys are looking to try a new cbd i highly recommend their products they were a vendor at the conference they were offering 20 percent off all the products at the conference but they have amazing cbd amazing what i like even more is the topical ointment i mean they're both just as good but that stuff is incredible for i got poison ivy I couldn't find anything for the itch. I had that ointment that they gifted me. I'm like, I'm going to try that. Stop the itch. Like any rash or itch that you have, that stuff is amazing. So I highly recommend it. You can get 10% off all their products with promo code journey to truth 10. That link is below. Also the Omnia radiation balancer, which is a patch you put on any radiating device. And it balances, basically it harmonizes the frequency. It doesn't block it. And it actually turns it into something beneficial for your body. And Aaron's actually wearing one of the pendants uh, around his neck right now. Those are really cool too. So it's like having the patch on your body at all times. They're, those are really awesome. Um, and you get 10% off all their products with promo code yeah. TRUTH, all caps. And he's got it on the phone. Yeah. And what else? Oh, and as you guys know, we've recently started a Patreon account. And uh, we've been uploading webinars and bonus content, exclusive content over there. And we just uploaded the speaker panel from the conference on there. If you didn't buy a live stream pass, if you missed the conference and you joined the Patreon for five bucks a month, you can watch the speaker panel plus a bunch of other stuff we have on there. And coming up next on the Patreon, we are doing a mini Cahokia Mounds documentary. We have some really good footage. We have too much footage not to use at this point. So we're working right now, actually, and putting something together. It's going to be worth it. It's, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's been a long time coming. and I'm finally getting back into the energy of it after going there with a group of people. It has um, been a long time coming. It, yeah, it feels like the right, it it feels like there, the right yeah. time. It feels mm -hmm. like the right time. And it feels like it might not end up being that many because there's so much to talk about so we'll see what happens but it's going to be just a very grassroots am amateur effort so and then we are doing our clone webinar on the 18th of this month father's day so if you don't have father's day plans you can come hang out with us and we are going to be telling you about clones and deep fake technology and holograms and masks and body doubles and uh the what do you what do you call them the hollywood immortals um it's going to be a lot of fun can't wait to get into all that we're going to 
show you guys proof that all that stuff is not a conspiracy theory, cool. not that you need proof, but um, we're going to have some fun with that. So all that being said, welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, guys, how's it going? Let me pull this over here. Um, thanks for having me. I'm getting over fighting over the post Grafton cold that I get every year, it seems like. So I got a little I might I, I definitely will cough at some point tonight, but I'm a million times better than I was. And I'm on the back end of it and feeling on the mend and actually getting back on the horse with the projects that I uh, set aside to come down to the conference. Great conference. Great turnout, as usual. I, I watched you guys posted the panel and I watched that. And I saw up to my first comment and I, I stand by what I said. It's exactly what I expected, that you guys would knock it out of the park and the, the crowd would be the star. And it was uh, it was a great conference, man. It was cool. Yeah, thank you. It was thank fun. You. It was a completely different vibe than the SSP conference the year before, but it was uh, almost a lighter energy. You know, that stuff, that's some dark information. It's just heavy. And yeah, it's just heavy material back to back to back like that. It's yeah. Yeah, a little yeah right. And, you know, when you get one, the one speaker had incredible trauma and then next up, the one that had incredible trauma. So that was, right. that's, that's, right. that's, that's the right. secret it's, space programs in a nutshell. And right. Um, so I was I was very honored to be asked back, to be asked asked back. Let me not say things and put words in my, out of my mouth, but I was very honored, and I felt that um, I I was proud of the presentation that I did. But you know, it takes a lot of time to put them together, and I I got a lot of um, positive feedback when it was done. But the thing that I felt like I did was there were people that never knew about the information in the audience that were there to see other speakers. They came up to me afterwards and said, man, I, I always heard about the secret space program and didn't really get it. And then your, your, the way that I presented it made sense to them. So I, that was kind of like, you know, that was my takeaway. That was the one shining thing to myself. that I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get this because it's a hard thing to explain. It really right. is, man, from zero to knowing what somebody's talking about being taken for in a, in a program and then put back is uh it's a hard conversation. So. I was and, part of that. So I'm tooting my horn. So don't no, let me do that too much. <laughs> it's good though, because you actually, um, you got into some of the proof and some of the things you're discovering. You're, you actually have evidence to support a lot of what you're saying, which a lot of people don't, and that's not their fault, but mm. um, because it's tough and a lot of the memories are fragmented and it's just really hard to get proof for something that's not supposed to exist. There's no paper trail. As you mentioned, most of these facilities are in special districts that you know are, exist outside the law i mean you, there's no tax records for them so um the fact that you have you're starting to get you you're starting to obtain a paper trail that proves what you're saying and it's really awesome and i think the way you're approaching it now it takes a lot of the woo out of it like the stuff that's just hard to believe and you're really grounding it in and it's like a new approach and i think the skeptics and the people who are on the fence they can watch that presentation and say oh this this actually makes sense instead of just jumping off planet and you know sharing all your memories which is incredible <clears throat> it's hard for people to grab onto you know you got we we gotta we take it for granted how much we've already know how much we know and how far we've come so we mm -hmm. have to go back to square one and reach the people who are just now waking up to this stuff absolutely i'm i'm huge on that like you said it's not anybody's fault if they don't have proof really i don't think that because somebody has not a shred of evidence that nothing happened Right. In fact, I support their journey to the truth yeah. of finding out, of sorting out what happened to them. I support people that are trying to figure it out. But at the same time, people that do have proof, 
kind of need to get ushered to the front of the line because the line isn't for the crowd that was at the conference because everybody there is kind of in the know. The people that are coming out, the people that are tuning in tonight here are in the know already of how kind of the nature of the world we live in. It's the people that don't know that we need to gear our presentations for. It's the people that have never heard nothing before about it, you know, um the your and i don't i don't want to use the word normie in a like a slur or you know what i'm saying yeah i don't want to use it as some negative thing right so it's it's what's what's wrong with not knowing there's really people are going through about their life there's nothing wrong with that but it needs to be packaged in a way that people have no idea can understand that hey this is legitimate you know this is legitimate this isn't just and especially you have to you have to it's baby steps because my information is though is hard to swallow I mean, there's a lot of other really fantastical testimonies out there that are completely astral, completely energetic, you know. And so you have to you have to kind of spoon feed that to somebody that's never, never acclimated to that temperature, you know, what's what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Well and said. No, that was well said. And you're no, right. Yeah, you were well said. Well. <laughs> no, you were. <laughs> uh no, you were well said. <laughs> So I know I mentioned this, I asked you about this on the panel, and we discussed this privately last year, I think at the Orlando conference. Um, you've talked about it since then, but we've never really covered it on our show. And it's the funding. You were you spoke at the Silicon Valley conference and you um, you were asked, how where does the funding come from? And that's the thing that those guys, uh, I guess, I don't know who you were speaking to were the guys in the aerospace industry scientists i mean whoever they they really couldn't wrap their head around how we would even afford something like this so maybe you could help our audience understand what your opinion is and how they're pulling this off some conferences pop out of the blue and they have a huge unlimited budgets and whatever mm-hmm. so some people are just connected you got a friend that's got money and that's it boom it happens and um but what we're seeing is kind of a common denominator of events that are shooting us down shooting down the information or dissipating it having incredible funding and events that are you know what i mean trying to get to the bottom of it or be giving people a fair shake at presenting their evidence um you know go through funding the the other way the other way around like you know bootstrapping up to get the conference together and there's a lot there's a lot to it there was um you know the i don't want to badmouth the you know publicly any any conference right um but some of them seem to have different agendas about them that they involve the secret space program material and uh you know you just have to be careful uh you know i realized in in the beginning when i first started talking it was like i'm just happy to tell i'm just happy to answer the questions but tony what happened to you and i was like very honored to answer the questions and tell my story and so anybody that asked me to come to their conference I was very honored and did that. And I began talking, but I realized, you know, like um, there are dangers out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some of these, some of the people that are throwing the conferences, you know, don't have your best interest in mind. I'm a big fan. Uh, you guys have treated been nothing but square with me. I'm a big fan of Danny and the Orlando conference. And there's other ones. Rob Potter has been good to me. Uh, but there are some conferences that I will for sure avoid in the future. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to uh, whatever talk myself into something bad, but w- when you track track the funding down on some of the conferences that are could be damaging, it goes back to big money and people that are involved in very bad things. And we've that's happened a couple times. Well, and you can see who the targets are all over and over again. And we're starting to see, you know, 
I always call it, I'd like to say that my friends are fighting my friends. I don't like seeing it, but I mean, we're seeing the same common denominator. I want to say that, uh, you know, Dr. Sala and Elena Danan and Chris O'Connor and John Charles and those guys, I support all those guys. They're friends of mine and I stand behind their information. I'm very happy to be their friends. And they've been square with me. And a lot of their attacks may be justified out of curiosity, but a lot of them are very, very ill um, presented and very badly motivated, I feel. So I just want to go on the record and say that. Yeah. And, and that was a beautiful answer, but it was the answer to the wrong question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, give me another one, man. I'll I wanted, see I can generate no, no. It. I wanted you to go into the, the, how the, SSP is being funded. The these these crap. Oh, that yeah. So the whole economy yeah. about it. Right, right, well, right. Well, there, so I did a I did a conference, and there was a speaker there. There were some well well renowned ufologists that are mainstream that are still you know kind of on the Roswell level of ufology, and they said that you know you can't have a secret space program can't exist because we're talking a trillion dollars a spaceship. So where's this economy coming from? You know, where, how are they building these spaceships that they, and I don't know where they came up with a trillion dollar number for one spaceship, trillion bucks. So they're saying, obviously there'd be a dent in the economy. You, there'd be, there's gotta be an, its own economy. And my answer was, there is no, it's not a trillion dollars. And in fact, in Orlando, I presented on that and I broke it down. I did an aircraft carrier, I think was uh, $200 billion or something or 180 billion for to make an aircraft carrier. But then I broke it down and said, well, if you got took away the bulk of the expense, which is labor, you know, the guys that are welding it, the people that are fitting it, you know what I'm saying? Every little thing. And you put that into slave labor where you're just paying for them to exist, not actually make a living, but just to exist slaves. Then it really mm -hmm. whittles that down over, over, well over, uh, I, I forget what the number was. My presentation has it, but like well over 60, 70% of the cost disappears. And then, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Because now we're talking about the materials that the ships are made out of. Just extracting the material is another significant cost. So when you're buying steel, you're paying for labor again. And if there's slave labor extracting the material, driving it on machines that are made by slave labor, then the cost really falls. And so the space program is quite affordable at that point. When you're talking about using slave labor, people that are taken into a 20-year tour, you know, and the math on that is also, when you talk about the amount of people that could be abducted, and put into a slave program like what I went through and then have their memories erased and put back. The, it's not a few hundred a year. It's tens of thousands. You know, it's millions over a year, over a few years. And um, so when you talk about that kind of workforce available that you're not paying, it, it all becomes very affordable. And the economy is not an issue at that point. So a lot of the UFO, I feel a lot of ufology, they want to discredit. And again, this is based on a lot of it's based on Dr. Michael Sala's work and other whistleblowers like the GSIC crowd and many others. I'm leaving people out, uh, you know, but I'm saying that this is based on their research. And when you look at the slave, a lot of everybody wants to ignore the slave component, the slave labor component. And when you add that in there, the space program and building colonies out into the solar system are very affordable. In fact, feasible. You know, I think I think the economy is an illusion to keep us working. Right. Amen to that. Yeah. Yes, it is. And also the prison industrial complex, something that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, as far as you know, the people who are being abducted into the programs from prison, they don't get a YouTube channel to come tell their story. We don't know how many, you know, and they might be those are perfect assets for the programs, unfortunately. Um, so it's interesting 
um, that's an entirely different discussion, but it's another layer. And it turns out that it's perfectly legal. So to be so the the 13th Amendment that abolished slavery in the United States states that no, no, no citizen shall be uh, used for slavery unless they're com, um, convicted of a crime. And it doesn't say what level of crime it could be. a You know, I, I'm sure it's not a parking ticket, but it doesn't say what level of crime just as convicted of a crime. So basically, once you're sentenced to prison, you're now eligible for slave labor. And those guys do do slave labor work. You know, they. We always know the chain gang back in the day or making license plates back in the, they used to portray, but they could take those people on a 20 year, on a 20 year uh, tour and slave labor them. And it'd be, and it technically is perfectly legal and put them back. And now, so, and now you can commit a crime by posting the wrong thing on social media. Oh yeah. And it's we're seeing, though. right. Well, and we're seeing right, now. they're tightening. They right, they legalize marijuana in a lot of states, and but they're going to make it to where you can't criticize the government. You know, they're going to get rid of free speech, so you guys can go ahead and smoke up, because uh, there we are right. really seeing some. I I noticed around the world, and you know, I don't want to get you in trouble on Rumble, man, and it's live, but around the world, a lot of people are losing their rights much faster than us, and the common denominator of the countries that gave up their guns. Once the guns go, and you know what I mean, I don't want to sound like a like a super right, whatever guy, but that's what happened. Australia gave up their guns. It was a few years later. They can't criticize the government. The free speech went. The COVID right. lockdowns were absolutely draconian. Same thing in Canada. Same because thing what are you in do South America. This? Yeah. What are you exactly. going to do about it? Exactly. You have no way of pushing back. They, it turns out not the, once the guns are gone. It turns out the police really almost enjoy. Um, beating up on the populace when they're ordered to make everybody go back in their house. Like the police really fell in line with a lot of the really crazy restrictions that they put on the populace in these countries. So currently, um, a lot of people don't know this. I want to say this out for the crowd. And a lot of people don't know this. So I'm working with, like I, I touched on the, you know, the learning software company and working, there's a team, there's a company that I hired to do animations in Brazil. And I was talking to them and he said that in Brazil, after the so they South America has had a slew, all domino of countries that had questionable elections recently. And so they said there's no way that anybody, they, they have certain areas in the country that no one's ever voted in a certain direction. And then all of a sudden, overwhelmingly, they voted to let this guy in that nobody wanted. Sounds familiar. Right. But uh, in Brazil, if you say publicly on any kind of media, or if you say that you think the election was rigged, you can go to jail and you also don't have the right to see a lawyer. So if you go to jail for any other crime, you get the right to have a lawyer to have legal representation. But in Brazil, if it's under questioning the election results, you don't get legal counsel. You can be held indefinitely. So that's the current, that's literally, that's real. That's today. You can look mm -hmm. that up. And yeah. a guy told me that I went, are you kidding me? Is that right? Well, so that, that's why we're on rumble. I mean, we're suspended. And, that, we're suspended. That's why we're doing this on Rumble right now. Because yeah, YouTube is I want to be clear that I'm not trying to get you guys kicked off Rumble. It's just this is where the conversation went with us uh, quick. So no, we can move I mean, on. There's so many. Everybody on Rumble talks about the election fraud. It's not a secret over here. But we're suspended on YouTube right now. That's why we're live on Rumble. And we're trying to get as many people to subscribe over here because who yeah. knows what's happening with that platform. So if you haven't subscribed, please tell your friends and join us and subscribe over here because we don't know what's going to happen there. But so, real quick, I just want to, so YouTube is 
all of a sudden is now going back through old years old videos and hitting getting us strikes on three four-year-old videos oh wow um, so there's clear they're clearly i don't know if they're ramping up across the board right now or if it's just we are getting more of a target all of a sudden but they're ramping something up right now and they're they're getting us on old videos well, uh, well, on that subject, I mean, like, so I see it and I talk about this quite a bit in uh, interviews and in groups. So I do less interviews these days and more live groups with people through the Patreon. I, I was going to say with you guys, like, I feel like I've missed out on a lot of the bigger audience because I've been on Patreon so long. And everybody in my Patreon channel, the people that are active are like family. It's like you get your hard, your best fans are on your Patreon. And yeah. um, so that so I've been there for so long that I don't have really a YouTube presence other than doing interviews. And now I'm not doing interviews, but in there, I'm always, I'm telling everybody, I'm like, dude, it's obvious, you know, we're coming into an election year. So right now it's the calm before the storm. People aren't thinking about it, but believe me, both sides are getting ready right now. This is when the election is being, this year is when next year's election is going to be won. So they're getting, they're pre pot. This is like pre-positioning. So one thing's for sure, everybody has to be very prepared for the nonsense that's going to happen next year, regardless right. of what it is. I don't know what nature it is or what, I don't know what kind of um, shape it'll it's, take, but it's obvious. It's, yeah. It's just going to be nonsense. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah. Um, I think we were deleted off of every platform but YouTube and months before the 2020 election. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Every yeah, so platform it, other than YouTube, we were deleted off of and we had to we had to get back on. I have a friend yeah. who leaves the country every election. She doesn't even want to be here for the energies. She's really? Like, yeah, she I leaves. I don't blame her. I, uh, she's not wrong. No. She's know? not wrong. Um, all right, so let's get into the whole reason we're here tonight. Let's talk about your new book. Oh, I have a book out. So here, right. I just got my copies today. Yeah. It's a small book. It's smaller. It's not an equal. It's a sequel. And it's a separate story. I have started to get where the reviews are percolating in. The book really got released like the week before I left for the conference. I forget what day exactly, but it came out like on a Tuesday. And then I had to pack up and leave for the conference. Um, so it did really good. I think it, it ended up number one in uh, reincarnation. That was the title <laughs> how it ended up Interesting. there. So I didn't list it there. and But I couldn't really, the nature of the book is, very distant memories. So as vague and as distant as I could possibly have had my memories be, this is as far as it goes. And for that being said, I'm not going to fight over them. If people pick them apart and say, man, this can't be, or, you know, I just be like you said, I've got evidence that supports me. I've got, the, you know, names, places, and dates and people that support series colony Cavalier, what happened that account. So there's a great body of evidence because I was fortunate enough to spend the first six years or so on earth during that time. So there's places there that, and we're still working on that. I'm still working on hunting down the rest of the evidence and putting it in a presentable format for people because no one's there. There's never going to be um, a lack of people that need to see it, but yeah. uh, project star maker, there's literally no evidence. So, uh, you know, I say that right out of the gate. And if you, if you're going to be an evidence hound and, you know, skeptical, it's don't even bother. It's not for you. It's a spiritual book. So they, as somebody said that worked with me in the past, they opened doors in me that should not have been opened. You know, it was an experimental program. It was brand new at what they were doing. And I was a kid. And so they were plugging me into things that I should not have been plugged into in the universe. And 
um, it gave me access to these memories and what happened to me and what happened on series colony, how that worked out. And that's the, the other collection of short stories. And I'll say this about the book. Elements of it are still unfolding. So the book isn't, so the things I'm touching on in the book aren't done. You know, really? uh, sure. so I want to be mysterious about it, but it's not done yet. Like there are characters in the book that are active in my life, that there are things in the book that are act like there's a like there's a crowd of people that I really legitimately don't want to read this, not because they're going to be hurt or offended, but because they if they'd be better out, you know, some things are better, you know, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And so it's not done yet. But the, I told this was the other thing is. The, it originated from just having a deep conversation with Jackie. It was somebody, you know, she's a psychic medium, somebody that's very um, gifted and understands. Like there's a certain level of, you always judge that. And, you know, when you meet anybody with the level of woo, the conversation can, can get to. And Jackie's a very uh, adept person. So we had conversations of doing our show together over time. And she said, this is the story you need to tell. This is basically a, a really deep conversation, one of those deep conversations that if anybody else heard us, they'd think we're crazy. And we wrote a book on it. So that's really what it is. It's, t it's totally TMI, um, well, collection of stories. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot and have oh, you take us, take us through um, oh, what, God. Happened, what happened. So this is a 10 year, this is like a side quest of your SSP. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is where I got all the juicy XP. This is yes. a side quest of the 20 and back. Um, so, okay, you're on Series Colony and something happens and you get taken into a, another a 10-year program out of the 20 and back. This is what happens and this is where, you know, it's a stretch of the imagination. But if you want to tell that story, like you're just sharing your testimony for the first time, I think people would appreciate that because... I know it's in the book, but as much as you're comfortable sharing, I'll, I'll give some of the mechanics of what happened, what I remember happening. And again, I'm not going to argue with anybody about it because it's such a deep, long distance memory. Uh, basically, when I was taken into everybody who had the understanding, when we were in the program on the other side, we were on series colony and Mars, for that matter. Everybody had the understanding that it was 20 years and you were going back. Some people that there was everybody had like their expir expiration date. Some people were aware of the exact day and some people were kind of vaguely aware. I, I still got 10 years, so they didn't care about it. But some people were closer to their end date and they were aware of it. We were all told that beyond the 20 years was unhealthy, that there was a health risk. That there were, That's why they capped it at 20 years. Whether that's the truth or not, I mean, it's anybody's guess. But we were we were under the impression that if you stayed for more than 20 years, that it was a health risk when they put you back. So then they came and got me out of my room one day and walked me to a hallway. And when I found out we were going for 10 more years, you know, you're going to do another 10 year block. We made a deal with this species. They need, they need labor and we're trading them for a fantastic lead forward in our technology. This is a deal too good to pass up and they've solved the 20 year thing. Um, it was terrifying. I mean, it was all in the course of a morning. I mean, we're talking 8 AM. I, I woke up, on the day thinking I was going to work one day. And then uh, and by 8 a.m., I, I was getting sentenced to 10 more years of something in an unknown program. And so it was terrifying. And their end around, I'll set this up for the book too. This is something that, uh, you know, 
whatever I'd never talked about in the past, but it seems like the fix on the, and it, God, and I don't want to give out some, you know, I don't want to give some underground laboratory, the uh, inspiration on how to do this, but they put us in adolescent bodies that were not human. So they were like watered down. So our consciousness didn't have to drive a human body. You know, it didn't have, we didn't have sex organs the way that we do. We didn't have taste and we didn't have the senses, the sensory, uh, the experience of senses the same way that we, that we do as human. It was a lesser, it was a dull existence, a, a duller. I was driving a body that was dull compared to a, my, a human body. And so my con, maybe that's why it didn't do the, you know what I'm saying? Like why it didn't give the damage of being more than 20 years. And we were kept at adolescence. It dawned on me originally. That's what I mean. Like it's, it's such a long memory, such a distant memory that originally I thought that they were two separate species or two, two separate human humanoids that we were the worker. We were the pilots and the working crew around the pilots were one set of species. And then the ones that were in charge of us. But what I realized was that, and even Jackie talked about, we talked about it and it's kind of one of those things back and forth. But we were kept, we were the same species, but we were kept at about like a 13 year old age. We were kept adolescent. We wouldn't grow up. And they were the adults that were working on it. So we were, we were brought in. It was a, it was a project to build a star system. They were building a star in a nebula in a galaxy that had a very low uh, star forming rate. So they didn't, it, it was a galaxy that didn't form stars as much as quickly as other galaxies do. So they had to do it on purpose in order to put up, you know, to match the energy output of other galaxies for their, whatever, for, for their lifestyle. I don't know. Um, so that's what we were there to do. And because the project had ran behind, they were kind of desperate and they kind of shoveled us up, made deals with the series colony and probably many others and got uh, manpower in there to, to move the ships. And then we were taught to pilot smaller craft that were um, pretty simple, anagraph craft. And then we would scan debris. They would come, they would import uh, massive amounts, tons and tons of asteroids, you know, pretty good size. You know, I think most of them, the biggest ones were maybe the size of half of a skyscraper size, not very big asteroids. They were imported in and then we'd scan them for a chemical makeup and we were to get we were only to do certain ones at a certain time. We'd push them all into the gravity well, and then they'd bring more in. They were they were layering chem chemistry of the star into the gravity well. They were putting layers of different chemistry so that the star would be stable when it exploded, when it ignited. So the star would go immediately to a stable point instead of taking the first million years of, of expanding and contracting like stars do. And uh, that's what we did. And we brought the we brought the project uh, back on schedule because it was a it was it was years behind schedule, and that's what I did. So that's the that's the core of the book. But in the process of that, and at the reveal of the end of the book, um, a lot of other things lined up, and a lot it may be the very reason why I remember my testimony and why I'm sitting here with all you people tonight on Rumble. It may be the whole reason why I got my memories back in the first place. I thought there were going to be a lot more people like me. That had a lot of memories and a lot of evidence. Um, the secret space program's real. The colonies in the in the solar system are real. There are a lot of people. There's too many people. Mars Colony Corporation. Uh, all that's real. 
I thought that there would be way more people like me that had a great deal of memory. Not that I'm not saying there aren't any, but I thought there'd be way more uh, by now. So maybe the reason is because of what happens in this book that it's me. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to read that. Um, so well, it's one thing to get memories, and it's another thing to s speak out publicly about those memories. Because I'm wondering which... how many people, how many people have the memories they're too afraid to uproot their whole life and speak out. I never thought that I was going to be a, a public speaking guy ever. Mm -hmm. Never in a million years if you would ask me, um, whatever, eight years ago before any of this happened, are you going to talk in front of a crowd? I'd be like, hell no. You know, so there's no way. Right. Well, and some people, uh, you've you mentioned this, it. some people, you've mentioned this before, like they, people are blackmailed. So, hey, they might mm -hmm. have full memories. They might have done some sort of like SSP that didn't require a 20 and back. And they were um, just working for a covert space program here on Earth. And they were visiting these colonies. They didn't have to be taken or abducted. Those guys, I think they're blackmailed or paid off. And they're given, they set them up with a, an amazing life, a car, house, whatever it is. And they're well off. They, let's just say they got paid. But if they talk, then all then that gets pulled out from underneath of them. Right. And whatever other whatever other threats come with that. I'll tell you what, if they gave me half a million bucks when I turned 18 or 30 or whenever it was, and they said, Don't talk about it, or you always back, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be quiet. I would I would have took take I would have been like, okay. And I think that's what normally happens. You know, like just that mm -hmm. I think that 90% of the people that go in are get paid nothing. I think people that have positions of power up there get the paycheck and that's right. the deal and they have all their memories back too they don't get erased most people it, it's such a slippery slope when you talk about erasing people's memories like yeah i know you guys you're good guys right and i you know i i aspire to be as good a person as i could possibly be but i can't tell i can't promise that i wouldn't do the occasional bad thing if i could erase your memory you know you know what i'm saying like i just can't i can't right. I think it's just, it's like one of those absolute powers corrupts absolutely abilities. And there's no, you know, how do you police it kind of thing? And I think that's what's happened. And that's the, led them to keep it a secret even longer. They fight hard to, to they fight hard and tell bigger lies to cover up their little lie, which is already huge. No. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it helped me remember we were at the conference uh, near the fire, not by the fire. We were, somehow discussing portals or something of that nature. Do you remember this conversation? Vaguely. There was a lot going on around the fire. The bonfire um, is, in case you guys don't know, hold real, real quick. In case anybody in the audience doesn't know, the Journey to Truth conference bonfires are legend. So that's the, that's <laughs> the only thing. All year long, I was like, when you talked about having another one, I was like, I can't wait to be back to the bonfire. That was where I wanted to be <laughs> the whole time. And they're fun. Yeah, they're the fun. Best part of the whole conference. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's it almost it almost trumps the Skywatch. Uh, right. In, in a way, because it's one thing to go out there and just sit on a field and look at the sky, but when you're under the trees and you're around the fire, you're connecting, and mm -hmm. everyone's just laughing and telling stories and playing music and. Uh, it's legend. I, I love that. Yeah, I agree. You're around a bunch of people that are like family that you you don't even know, but you're already like family. They could, you know, you don't get to have these, like I said, these deep conversations all the time. So, right. 
Right. Um, let me think about the portals. I forget what else. Where, where are you going with that question? Because I'm still drawing a blank here. We, you were talking about like um, them being able to see the enemy on the other side of the portal. And that's part of the reason. Um, I don't know. It was like super compelling. And then we were and you stopped talking because we were all looking at you like you were crazy. But we were actually just <laughs> we were just fascinated. And you thought we you just <laughs> going over our head. And I think it had something to do with. Um, whenever they were drugging you and you were like they pushed you to the limit and they opened up parts of you that weren't meant to be open and somehow you got an understanding of that portal network maybe i'm crazy maybe i went through a portal i don't know do you remember any of that so that wasn't exactly it was a portal that was like life after death we were talking about it was like a life after the, right at the moment of death where you can get caught in between there that there's a space in between and people are trying to get back so when you when you leave the body, there's there's a portal that opens that the the spirits, I, I, I you know, all of the terminology I hate using, souls, spirits, whatever you want to call it, being people, they're people, mm -hmm. okay? When we all die and we don't have a corporeal body and we're still in here in the room, we're still, we're basically people. Um, but when you die, there is a something that opens up and there are people on the other side want to want to interact. The growth, uh, Brooks Agnew, you know i was getting to know i still haven't uh digested much of his information but he's a, a super brilliant guy and yeah. i don't have to read any of his books to know that i mean just hanging out with him but he said it on the yeah. panel that you don't grow until you're alive till you're in the 3d your soul doesn't he do so what it, so all the people that are suicidal you know that are like man my life sucks i, I want out of here are going to be badly disappointed when they get to the other side and find out that this is where you want to be this is where the growth right. happens and that portal that that opens when you die or when you're near death for that matter and you go into that that state there's like a buffer area the people that are on the other side are dying to come in to your body and and take it over they're dying to because this is where the growth happens they're addicted to it and they're caught they're caught in that buffer place because they didn't settle it they didn't settle what they were doing like i'm i'm a big I guess it's turning into something it's I guess it's turning into something that um, I only hear coming out of myself, but I think should be considered more far more often. I'm a big proponent of settling, thinking ahead to those last few minutes of your life. You know, the last few minutes of your life, are you going to look back and go, oops, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I should have should have called my mom. You know what I mean? I should have done more. In those moments, are you going to regret? You got is there something you should have gone back and done? Because that's going to trip you up, and your whole next life is going to be based on that. Mm -hmm. Or are you going to look back and go, "Man, I did it. That was I kicked ass. That was good." Right. And so that's how you should live your life. If that's not how you feel about anything, anything that you're doing in your life, if you don't feel that way, you need to go stop what you're doing and make it right. You are not going to sit in the last three minutes of your life and go, "Glad I worked all that OT." You right. know, right. and I'm I think that that's why so those. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why people are stuck in that realm, and that's part of the book too. Like the flights in Peru, I was being put under. I don't think this is exactly that conversation we were having, Tyler, but it was in those. You know what it was? I just had that conversation like next, and I walked over by you guys, and it was already a deep conversation. I went there, and everybody got quiet and listened to me. It was like the first night. It was like Monday night, and I was like, "Oops, I might have went too, might have went a little too woo this time." No, it was so great. I clammed up. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I remember the moment now. I don't remember the exact words. 
I wish I wish you did, but it's okay. It'll come back. We'll discuss it at a later date. Um. Oh, what was I gonna say? What were we just talking about? Oh, the, you mentioned the overtime. Oh, the end of your life. Yeah. So that's what it was. You don't even have to go to the end of your life to do that. Like that's you can right. go. You can go to the end of your day, and imagine what if you had to watch a tape of your entire day at the end of the day, like sped up, whatever. Would you be proud of everything you did that day would you you know what i'm saying like you can break it down like that but then if you knew let's just say you knew you had to evaluate your day at the end of the day and you were forced to watch the replay of it we would all be different people we you would have to watch be, yourself yeah 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 and you don't yeah. have to go to the end of your life to do that yeah. and that uh, and that lines up with a lot of near-death experiencers or people that remember their life between lives from like past lives where they say you judge yourself they say i judged myself there was no external uh authority or whatever like a lot of religions teach and people believe like oh i'm going to be judged by some god or some no 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 you judge yourself and then you you are the one that chooses if you want to go or if you need to learn whatever lessons or growth or uh, go back and rectify something um, like, oh, yes. like, let's say you lived as a not so great person in a lifetime, then you die. And suddenly you now you're now you're at this much more expanded point of awareness that you you realize you really messed up. And you're like, no one else is saying, oh, you were bad. You need to go back. No, you're you yourself choose because, hey, I lived a, a causing a lot of pain and suffering in this life. Now I need to go back and uh, hopefully do the opposite of that and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. help people as much as possible and spread love as much as possible. I uh, learned, I was shocked when I learned that the Hawaiian religion is um, not the religion exactly, but a lot, a lot of traditional Hawaiian beliefs are on based on intention rather mm -hmm. than outcome. So right. in other words, like, if you intended to hurt somebody, if you intended to do something bad to somebody, but it had a good outcome, like you bumbled it and something was good and everybody thought you were a hero, it was still a sin. Like you still are liable for that, for that bad intention that you had and vice mm -hmm. versa. If you had a good intention and you screwed up everything, it still is not, it still was a good thing. Right. And so, because that, I think right. that's what you're dealing with when you make that decision. I totally believe what you said, Aaron, in mm -hmm. that moment, you are judging yourself. You you are going to be alone in your it's your relationship with that, right? Um, Jackie, because she's a medium, like she's a professional psychic medium, and you know she's very adept at it. When I was telling her this stuff, with no I really no idea of what she put, you know I, I I knew that she was a medium and good at I never questioned it, and she connected with people, um, patches from series colony cavalier uh my handler's mom in peru jackie mediumed her to me one day and we spoke and wow. i there was things that she said there was no way that anybody could have known or even guessed any of that stuff and jackie just came with it quick bam 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 yep. and uh so i i mean i never questioned her but i had no idea that she was that proficient at it Sure. But when I started telling her about the Peru flights, when I she would ask me questions about what happened on series, and she'd say, "But well, how did you know that?" And I said, "Well, because in Peru, I was, I, you know, I, I was like because of the flights in Peru." And um, 
So they were putting me under and I was living in that state. I was ejected out of my body and they were channeling other things by drug induced. That was the system. That was the CIA, you know what I mean, system. And because of that, her mediumship, it was a confirmation to what I was in. So that's what, those are the side stories in Star Maker. On top of that other 10 years of building a star, the side stories are about being dead or near death. And then her experience of, you know, talking to dead people as well, being a medium for dead people as well. So we're talking about all things that could be, you know, considered by some people, some people that are, you know, take a religious context that are scared of it. You know, that's evil. You do that. Whatever. Uh, what do they call that? I don't even want to say the bad names, but some people do that. But this is what I remembered from the experience. And so that's all I'm doing is presenting what I remembered in a, in a genuine way. You guys sort it out. You could take it and run with it, you know. Right. Exactly. God's right. not judging you. Only Judy. Nobody <laughs> judge Judy. No, no. Oh. <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> uh, only Judy can judge me. Um, so in the, the 10, 10 year star maker project star maker, were they successful at making these stars that wouldn't, would be, um, sustainable or not? So no, it was a fail. So the star did. So, um, you know, I don't want to give away that. So there's kind of a reveal at the end of the book. So the end of the book is it's one of those things. It's like a movie with the reveal at the end of it, that if I tell you, it's kind of ruins it for the reader. You know what I mean? But um, so the star, we did, we did get the star to build and to ignite. And uh, the project went in a different way than um, they intended. And what the experience that I remember um, really was insightful. And may, like I said, maybe the bottom line to the first book maybe the whole bottom line and there are scenes there are scenes from the first book that are in there too so i know some people in the chat have read it and everything and a lot of people talk about it i want to say this about the book um we've been getting great reviews and people have been emailing me a lot about it with tony i just finished the book for the second time i read it i read it i had to put it down for a couple days and digest it and i read it a second time and i cried and I'm getting that. I've had like four or five people in the last two days tell me that they read the book and cried tears of joy. And um, that meant a lot to me, man. I, I, you know, like that meant a lot for people to tell me that stuff because it means that they are understanding something that I didn't understand myself for most of my life. You mm -hmm. know, like this, these memories that I had, this is why I never talked about them before on your show on the other million times I was on your show because I didn't really fully understand them. It was like, working with Jackie for two years on another show and talking about it, you know, before we filmed and stuff that I really, it really made it. And then even when we began to write the book, it was still a mess. It was still very confusing. And when we got it on paper, you know, got it down, it still, it took shape. And so to get it, to get it together like this and for people to read it and understand it and actually get the message, uh, it really means a lot. It really means a lot to me. So yeah, I was scared. I was scared when we pressed publish on the button. When we pressed the pub button, I thought people are going to, this is going to go over their head and we're going to get nothing, but they're going to show up on my doorstep and throw a tomato right at me. Uh, but so far, so good. Yeah. Well, that's great. Are you, are you comfortable with sharing how you exited the 10, 
year program and no okay <laughs> nope um save that for the book that's right all right yeah, that's in the book um well i think i mean you might have shared part of it at the conference so i have an idea and it's if uh if i'm remembering correctly then yeah it's definitely uh, it's something to look forward to if you purchased a book um well since how, you don't how common of a oh sorry real quick how common of a thing is that for people to be in a 20 and back and then get taken into another i believe very there. uncommon i believe it was a unique experience i think that like i said they they are constantly the relationship between the colony they were constantly exploring space mm -hmm. which is far more diverse and far more occupied by people and advanced people and people just like us than we have ever been portrayed absolutely teeming with life and technology as far as the you know in it so so much so that it seems endless they were constantly patrolling and searching for new technologies that they could procure from people that was basically the, that is the lifestyle like honestly if we were living on a space colony and we had spaceships we'd be trying to go meet new people because it because it's so infinite there's you're talking about trillions of worlds of different species of people we would want to go meet them and find the one that nobody else has met mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying like we would find the, and bring back the drink that nobody else has tasted that's delicious right it's mm -hmm. that simple that's existence in a that is going to be existence in a post-disclosure society once we get access to space a society that can do that we are going to begin scouring the sky the universe for new things uh, it's just that's that's what's up and that's what they were doing so they came across these people from the m51 the far side of the m51 galaxy um excuse me the m51 whirlpool galaxy the far mm -hmm. galaxy is where i believe it took place and uh, they came across them, and they were behind schedule on their on their construction project, and they made a deal, and they acquired technology. And I'll say this: when we got back, so when I woke up in the hallway to go back to my room, which I was completely um, dazed and disoriented, like when I came back out of it, um, they said it was they said it was a success that they that they shut they shut it down that they didn't complete. But they they didn't finish the deal 100%, but the stuff, the amount that they did get was enough to um, advance technology for series colony. They were stoked about the deal. Like it was a win on their part, on the on the Deutsch um, culture's so, part. Oh, okay. So, so series colony, I guess, made a deal with this other colony, the star makers, and say, oh, we need some of your bodies, some of your labor. Mm -hmm in exchange for this so that's how the whole deal happened yeah and i forget exactly the details of what it was what the technology was it was kind of like it was a new technology and then it was setting it up and having people teach it to them and they said that they cut the deal off at midway but they had already got the technology and they could figure out the rest it was kind of that was that was the impression i got afterward so they were they were very happy with what happened um yeah. So I'm just I'm just I'm riding the line. I don't know what I could give away out of the book as comfortable as ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get that. Um, it was uh interesting to see Jock Doubleday's uh presentation at the conference and talk about how um macro that pretty much everything could be man artificially made 
around us, we wouldn't know it. We wouldn't know it um, because right. the natural processes. Right. Well, yeah, he. If right. you guys don't know who Jock Doubleday is, he spoke about basically he thinks Terra Earth was consciously created. It's not just so, some random mm -hmm. star from the Big Bang or whatever. Um, and he provides By advanced some... advanced ETs that a long, long, long time ago. That, right, right. Yeah, and he created. and he provides some very compelling uh, information. And, and you mm -hmm. could even say evidence in some cases that, I mean, it's hard not to like, after I was done watching this presentation, I'm like, I'm, I'm sold, you know, this <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And, and he goes back and, and quotes Tesla and some of the other early guys who were talking about man's greatest achievement will be when we can create a planet or however they worded it. So they were already thinking that direction and, you know, Tesla's apparently from Venus and whatever. So it's not a stretch of the imagination to think that, People are actually consciously creating and building stars, the blueprinters, the and the builder race. And then you have Tony, Project Star Maker, literally was taken to a program where these people are trying to build right. stars, but they might have been doing it. Maybe they didn't just get maybe they just missed a boat. Maybe they didn't have the recipe just right. Maybe there wasn't enough spirituality in it. Maybe uh they weren't quite as advanced. I think the real the real planet builders are extremely advanced more advanced than that yeah. yeah and they're they're creating it with intention and thought mm -hmm. and it's like the man the instant manifestation we hear about in the new earth that type of thing yes um that's the other thing is <clears throat> when you talk about an et building a star or a planet which et exactly you know people just like us or something that's very more advanced us, us something that's very advanced that has a deeper relationship with the larger consciousness of the whole universe at once. Like who's building it is, I guess, going to be the most important thing. It's kind of like um, what it would look like if, um, you know, when somebody crafts something together that's a master, they've been doing it their whole life or somebody that just both can make a lamp. A kid in shop can build a lamp and a guy that's been building stuff his whole entire life can make a lamp and they both light up everything. But what are they, are they going to really resemble each other when a master builds one? And, you know, are they going to have the same lifespan right. you know, versus a beginner? So I think that they were beginners, the ones that that I they were um, not exactly beginners, not entirely beginners. But right. they definitely uh, made a few unforeseen mistakes in, in it. Sure. It's really interesting. I mean, well, you got that's where we're talking. So they were using technology advanced technology to try and create a star uh, and then you might have other advanced races they might not even have a physical body who are using ether and the electric universe and they're literally creating matter out of what's already there what's already provided by the universe they don't have to go mine it they don't have to you know bring it in and dump it into the gravity well it's just conscious consciously created it's all intention you guys are going to be so shocked when you read the book. Okay, good. Both of you. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it I out. Can't. At the very end, you're going to be so shocked. And don't skip to the end and read that first, like everybody does. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I got to say, the, the, this conference was the first conference that I presented a lot of info. Uh, it was the first time that I talked about the book, really. And um, I presented like the, the Peru stuff that I've dug up about the, the plane at the conference which was very shocking to me. People told me afterwards that there were, that everybody gasps. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't I'm getting know. Chills I didn't, right now. 
Really? I'm, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. I mean, dude, I was it was a powerful up. moment. Yeah. I was worked up when I presented it, so I wasn't paying attention. But people said the whole crowd gasped, and I didn't realize that because I was, you know, and that that's a big thing for me, too. You know, like, that's an emotional moment. Like, we were in love with that plane. You know, I, not to get off the subject of the book, but I'm saying, like, that was our plane. And, you know, to find it in reality, if I were, to find where it sits today at this very moment was huge to so me. Yeah. Do you, will you share that with the, with the audience here? Just in a nutshell, you mm -hmm. found the plane. I'll let you tell a story. Um, well, we, I was in a, I did a, I did a show uh, maybe five or six months ago that was translated into Spanish for Latin, for Latinos. And uh, there were people that were in Peru that were, had been on the show before. So guys that were in ufology, they were in the Peruvian Air Force. One of them, Oscar, is well-known. I don't know if um, he's got a thing, but he was well-known back in, I think it was 84. He was a um, MiG-22 pilot, and he got scrambled to intercept a UFO over an Air Force, a Peruvian Air Force base that had nukes. They had just imported nuclear missiles, and a UFO showed up, and he got scrambled to go out and, and see it. And he said it was a ball. And he said, when he got close to it, you could see decks and people standing in it. And they ordered him to fire on it. They said, get it out of here. So he fired a warning shot and nothing happened. Then he went back and he fired directly at it. And every time he shot at it, the ball went up. And then he got another run on and the ball went up. So then he went above it and fired down on it and it evaded. Anyhow, he um, was well known for that and then went on to really go into ufology in, in South America. And then another guy from the Peruvian Air Force, Julio, um, was in the meeting too. We were they they when they saw my information, they wanted to meet me, and so we set up a Zoom call and we started. We were talking. They they wanted to meet, and Julio was in the the war on drugs in 1990, and um, I asked him. I just thought I you know the whole thing. They speak Spanish, and I was speaking, so it was getting translated. It was confusing, and I said. Uh, well, what about a C-46 commando? Does any of you ask them if the, any of them know where us, because I've been looking, that's one of the tell, that's one of the paper trails that I wanted mm -hmm. to find. I thought this is easy. You know, the car in Seattle, there's a paper trail there too, that I haven't looked up yet that I'm working on. But um, one of the paper trails is the plane. So planes are well-documented. You have to have, a, you have to have a tail number to land anywhere. And I remember the plane specifically being a C-46 commando because of the window up front, and the name Commando, uh, Manuel was stoked about. He loved it. Like I said, we loved it. We it was a different relationship down there. We were living in the jungle, and we had an airplane, kind of access to a big airplane ourselves. So we we loved. We idolized our plane. We loved it. And um, so I knew it was a C forty six. And I went on the record. I think I even said it on your show years ago. I you know what I mean when I told. I think my it story. was. The, I, I think it was our show. And whenever you were saying <laughs> that at the conference, like you don't remember what interview. I really do think it was on one of our early interviews, but man, which one? I don't know. It was way early. It was early on 2017, yeah. 2018 that I remember that it was a C-46. And I said, I said it in many interviews, but I looked at all the C-46s that are still alive. And there's like one in Peru that's flying or no, there's none. There's one in South America that's flying. It's in Colombia. And all the, there's a list of them, the ones, and I never found any record of any in Peru. So I asked, I asked Julio in this Zoom meeting, and he's an Air Force guy, 
And he goes, oh, C-46 commando? He said, and he said it really matter-of-factly. He's a guy with a handlebar mustache. Older. He was literally flying. He was waiting on a runway in the Zoom call because he still flies actively for the Peruvian airport. And, like, he's sitting in his plane. And he goes, uh, oh, that's in Pucallpa. Yeah, we we took those in, uh, we confiscated those in uh, Puerto Maldonado in uh, 1990. He was in the raids, the war on drugs. So he was an Air Force pilot. They would fly into the towns and in that area in Madre de Dios, in it's now called Boca, Colorado, but Puerto Tuantasuyo and in the surrounding areas, they were going down there and flying in and, and blowing holes in the runways for the narcos, the drug traffickers, they would go and destroy their runways and then blow, you know, and mow down all the coca operation and fly out. He said that in Puerto Maldonado, they found the C2 C46s and confiscated them. And they were sitting at, and in the interview, like I was in the Zoom, just like this, I went and looked on Google Earth. I was over here looking and I went on Google Earth and I said, Pucalpa, huh? And I Googled it and I zoomed in and I went, oh my God, there it is. And it was exactly the plane. Um, then a, about a week, uh, it took it took two and a half weeks, I think, before I got somebody to put eyes on it. There was another guy in the call, and he said, I'm going to La Paz to see my cousin in a couple of weeks. He said, I'll go out there and have a look if you want to help me out with the you know, airfare, which wasn't much. And he flew out there, and he put eyes on it, and it was the plane. That was the plane. And the other one next to it was the one that Manuel in the book always wanted because it was camouflage. Hmm. It, he, he said, I said, ours has got the cool stripe. It looks better. It's almost like a lightning it looks way cooler. He's like, yeah, but it's bright. He's like, I want the camera. He wanted, he saw himself as a guerrilla fighter, as a, you know what I mean? He was like a revolutionary. And uh, they were sitting there and that was a religious moment for me, man, to find that thing, to, to see it. So the the other thing is, you can explain it all the way, man, but how do I know that? How could I have known that? Right. It, was, it, it all lines up in a direct line of the dates, the locations, all of it works. Right. How did I know that? If you know what I mean, like it's easier to believe that I just went through it all, right? And the way you presented it, in the order you presented it, and at the conference, uh, it really hits home. Like it, it's very matter of fact. I, it's really the visuals help. The visuals help having the slides. I think help whenever you're presenting evidence. It doesn't seem so much like a story, or yeah, we just I was on a phone call and this happened. Like you have the photographs to go with it and the images. So. Uh, definitely if you're if anyone's interested i would go check that out um we have a couple questions from the audience um if you don't mind tony well sure. one of them one of them was from way early on um i'm curious too i know you've talked about this before but um what are your thoughts on clones people being cloned and taken into the program and were you cloned do you think you were i think it was cloning i think that was an integral part of the technology of the 20 back. i really do I think that's uh, that's what and <clears throat> it would explain it didn't make sense to me at all when they cloned the sheep that they they uh, they banned human cloning at warp speed. It seems right. to me that you could clone a human torso or body, whatever you could and grow parts. And stem cells and all kinds of things that would do wonderful, amazing things in tech in medical in the medical realm. There seems that you could figure out a humane way to do it, but they instead they banned it faster than anything. I mean, really, they banned right. cloning so fast. My, It was like, whoa. And I have to think that that's because they're hiding the important stuff. You know, they're hiding something. Right. Um, 
I think that I think that what I went through was with cloning. And in fact, in the early days in Inyo Kern and in, in Seattle, I was introduced as a clone on a couple of occasions, like he's a clone. And so that, that would make sense um, because they put me back and I got my memories back. So that's how I feel about that. Well, the, they, they didn't stop cloning. I mean, that's, yeah, we're going right. to, we're going to, we're going to prove that in our webinar coming up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, to me, it's beyond the shadow of the doubt at this point. It's just, if you, you just, you have to want to not believe it, you know, you I mean, can, you, yeah. You can hate bullets or you can hate guns all you want, but they're not, they haven't quit making bullets. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because they yeah. do a job, they do the job. And so cloning um, is going to be the same thing. Talk right. about the Disney cloning facilities. Uh, we will be talking about that. Actually, mm -hmm. there was a really interesting interview. A guy came forward. It was one of their scientists who was creating the clones and he was talking about how they're not really, not necessarily a clone, but they're growing. They're, they're Disney stars and like pods or whatever. And they're engineering them and creating like all the characteristics and whatever. And he was like, yeah, this is, they were talking about one of the child actors. And he's like, this isn't one of, this isn't some of my best work. I wish his cheekbones were like this or whatever. And he was being like critical of his work. It's super compelling. And I, you can just tell he wasn't, it wasn't a lie. Like this is the type of things that are, happening right now like yeah cloning facilities they're, but they're also growing people in pods and this is just uh the pod people and that's another whole rabbit hole which we've never even done an episode on that you gotta ask yourself excuse me if there was a clone of you how would you treat it you know what i'm saying like how would like 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 if it was a clone of you and then it was going to board an airplane and it kept falling down on the stairs how would you treat it? Hmm, sounds familiar. Right. How would you treat a clone if it was kind of a dunce? Right? So or if or if 10,000 clones and every time you met a clone it was kind of bungling. Hey, you dropped it. You know, mm -hmm. like how would you treat clones after a while? Do you get what I mean by that? Like yeah. it's mm -hmm. a it's not even racist. It's not even a form of racism or bigotry. There would be a bigotry there. You know, and it's like, you're not a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, come, just shut up, dude. Just sit over there. Right. Like, think of the right. abuse that could be endured. Um, and that falls in line to what I remember how I was treated yeah. when I was up there. So it falls yeah. in line. But along. But again, so maybe that's, uh, you know, we've I've gleaned another purpose out of my testimony is that I do remember you know what I mean? Like it was, even if it was a clone of me, it was me because I cranked out two books of it. So that means that it deserves to be treated like a person that has rights too. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if it was me, even if I was a clone and the things that I've recalled are from a book, you know, in the book are from a cloned existence that may have been a bungling idiot. It still has human rights. It still has to be a certain amount of respect that should be given to it so is society there yet like what happens if what happens if we not only we talk about cloning or we have cloning but what happens if it's massive what if we have millions of clones all we of do. a sudden you know well, right clone aid we're going to get into that website and how it's uh it's legitimate but you can get on there right now and and have yourself cloned or your pet cloned and they have forms you fill out and applications and anyone right now can go to clone aid's website and do that and there's like testimonials on there from like Michael Jackson and crazy stuff. But I'm telling you, it's like everyone's like, oh, it's too good to be true. I'm like, no, that's what the truth looks like. 
Like they're hiding it in plain sight. They don't even have to hide the fact that they're doing it. And you can go on that <laughs> website, fill out a form, and it's absolutely insane. It's hard to believe this is real, but it's real. They're based out of Canada. All the rappers and hip hop artists and musicians and celebrities, they talk about the clone aid facility and being cloned there and how they do it, the process. We're going to get into that, how they have to mm -hmm. take a, a chunk of your skull, how they have clone ID numbers. And they said that it's a company that exists in Canada, but they're, they have offshore accounts in like the Bahamas or something because they can't be registered in, uh, in North America because it's illegal. So they, their facility is in Canada, but they're registered in Bahamas or wherever it is. Um, Shell Corp. It's right. real. I mean, it's it's people. I don't even know how to. How many, how many movies and shows do they show cloning? And and as we know, there's disclosure in almost everything we see. So there you go. They're disclosing it. You know, yeah. they're telling you. Right. I just started watching this movie last night called The Lucifer Complex. It's made in 1978 and it popped up on Amazon Prime and it's about them talking about cloning the, the cloning germans the germans having a clone program it was, this movie was made in 1978 i didn't make it all the way through because i was tired but and i didn't want to watch it because of the name the lucifer complex i'm like whatever i don't even entertain that's it. what it's so, called yeah but whenever i saw what it was about it's, it's i just saw cloning third reich germans and it was made in the 70s and it's a really boring movie. It has a low rating. But I'm like, that's where the disclosure is at. Like, I think a lot of these disclosure movies that are real disclosure, they're completely boring that are made terribly on purpose. So, mm -hmm. you know, people don't actually watch it. But some uh, are great. Like Boys, right. Boys from Brazil. I, I thought that was a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Um, yeah, the Sixth Day. Sixth Day, yeah. There's tons of them. We're going to get into all that. Come to our clone webinar at the end of the month, Father's Day, the 18th. We're going to have some fun with it. And there's a lot of stuff to go through. But anyway. Um, I do want to talk about one thing. Yeah, go bring the it up. The trip to the Cahokia Mountains okay. really, I yeah. mean, really had an impression on me. I was expecting just like, uh, you know, a park and do our thing. And I didn't really expect that many people to show up. Right, like half the conference. Right. Yeah, I didn't expect the whole conference to be there. Yeah, um, which was great. It was a, it was welcome. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the beginning, we were just walking up there, and what do we go? What's it called? Monks Mound. Monks Mound, the Monk's big Mound. one. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was um, very impressive, huge. When we were up there, and Brad did his impromptu. Um, you guys were doing mm -hmm. the uh, documentary, and Brad did his thing, like. He, Obviously, he had an amazing amount of knowledge about the place and did a great right. job. He just, you can see he just the starts arch. talking. Yeah. yeah, it was like amazing to have him around. He was <laughs> yeah. like a guide. Right. I, so I took him in and I took a call and then I took him in and I sat over kind of on the plateau and I just sat down and all I wanted to do was kind of just detach from the crowd and everything. And I kind of meditated. And my whole thing, I was taught in Inyokern, my form of meditation was to not think of anything like zero no no goal on the meditation just clear shut your mind off and so i was sitting there doing that and i just kind of shut off my mind it was a hot day sunny and you can see i'm burnt um but i could do nothing but feel something under me that i i felt like 50 60 feet down that there was something on yeah. down there mm -hmm. i felt that there was something going on 
And I, I, when I stopped and somebody came up to me and talking, I said, there's something, I said, I don't know what it is down there, but it's still on. That was the only feeling I got. And I had no intention. I wasn't trying to remote view. My mind wasn't on that. It was still, mm-hmm. it was like, it was something present that was profoundly loud <laughs> energetically. Yep. And uh, so I was blown away by that. And then the taco truck trailer, I got to say, lived up to the hype. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, really, I I got the burrito there. I think it damn near broke my mouth. It tasted so good. That's how I know I don't have COVID because the burrito was so damn good. And then we did it. Yes. We went to Woodhenge after that because I had an eight hour drive home right after that. So I kind of was in it. We skedaddled and we went to Woodhenge for a minute. And Lily did a meditation there with the bulls, which I never had any kind of contact meditating with one of those bowls before i gotta tell you i've been doing the math on that since then um because i didn't know i didn't know that when she does her activations i never really participated in any of that stuff but she did her meditation and it was like a very incredible meditation i was blown away by that too so that was i had two basically unexpected meditative experiences there right and um Chris was there. We we drove back to Ann Arbor after that. And we were both like an hour later, we're driving the car. Like, dude, I'm still kind of in a trance. You know, like yeah. we both, and he was like, me too. You know, like I was still, my mind was still kind of out there. And so I learned a lot, man. I, I got to say the conference as usual, you learn more than you teach. You learn more than you give always at these, because there's a team of people there and the, the crowd knows so much, but I, that trip to Kokia mounds really, right i don't want to say changed me or something but it really inspired me it was very inspiring well i I guess i I guess i just have to share what else happened there so oh yeah so there's more than i don't know good good but wait there's more so first of all um if you guys were at the conference you met my friend katie who was doing some channeling at night it was pretty profound she channels this ancient language this ancient these ancient beings but it comes through as an ancient language that she translates and and they were the ones who were here, who like the original ones who built a lot of these structures before they were built on top of anyway. Um, it's pretty profound stuff. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. So when she got into St. Louis a few days before the conference, she immediately, when she travels, she's told where to go and she starts doing grid work and she starts re what they call like plugging places back in that were intentionally disconnected when the enemy was coming. So this is what they told her. A lot of these ancient sites were unplugged or dismantled or disassembled way, way, you know, before Lumeria, even like ancient, ancient mm-hmm. times um, when they, years. when the enemy was approaching the planet, let's just say for lack of a better term, um, they, they knew this and they started disassembling their own sites, which their sites weren't just structures. They were actually conductors and it's a power station and they would disassemble and uh, essentially unplug, but they didn't get to all of them on time. And some of them were hijacked, but she's been going around plugging the sites back in. And she hit all kinds of places in St. Louis. She was guided to this church um, stuff at the, at, at the conference at Grafton, that cave down the street from Grafton. If you guys went to that highest, cave, highest yeah. Yeah. Um, she did some work there. They came through and she didn't know what she was doing. And they're like, the deed is done. Um, even here at my house, because there's been some dark shit around my house, they basically explained that they've like the, these entities have been camped out here. Um, I've been attacked for years and uh, I haven't been attacked since she did that. So fingers crossed. But um, we she, one of the sites was the mounds. And while Lily, so after the taco truck, mm-hmm. while Lily was 
doing her meditation, we went over, she was told to go between these the two twin mounds and the other side of the property, which I have been led to before um, by my friend Siobhan. She was doing some grid work and we buried some crystals in that exact spot. Well, Katie starts walking and she's heading this heading towards that spot. I didn't tell her that we did that ceremony there and buried crystals there. This is where, and she was led to that exact same spot. There's something energetically going on there. She puts her hands on the ground, starts channeling, doing all this stuff. You know, tears are coming out, super emotional. And we had somebody with us had these Giza crystals, these crystals from Egypt, these little mm. quartz crystals from Egypt. And uh, somehow we were guided or told to put bury them in the ground. So we were planting the little crystals like seeds. Well, when Lily was doing her activation at the same exact time, we were both, we were doing that and Lily was doing that. And Lily comes out and said, I was told that um, what we did even affected Africa and Egypt and the pyramids in Egypt. And like hadn't having, she had no idea that simultaneously while she was doing a meditation, we were literally putting Giza crystals into the ground yeah. from, from there. How, cra how crazy. And let me tell you from being from St. Louis, I had, it's taken me three or four days to get used to the energy. I really, this is the first time ever. I feel like we shifted something like we like plugged St. Louis back in. Oh yeah. The arch mm -hmm. was another place. They went and did some work. Oh yeah. But, um, That's a which portal. is a portal by the way. Yeah. But I really feel like, uh, like Lily, if you watched her, uh, video or her that she talked about the mounds and the conference she's like they told her that we shifted timelines basically and we basically reactivated the entire area and it feels like that the energy has been buzzing here when i go to cahokia the energy's buzzing like you said it feels like something's turned on mm -hmm. and it, i'm starving after that i gotta go eat i'm not even grounded well it's been like that since then at my house like we just expanded that grid and I'm getting used to the energy now. Like I'm integrating, like getting used to this higher frequency. I think we actually did some damage for once. And I think it's a great sign. So that being said, there's a reason you felt that at that site. It's really something powerful. And I think there's a reason it's not as popular as it is because they probably don't want people coming and doing that type of stuff. So uh, we might have to delete this video. Don't be, I didn't say anything. Yeah, easy. Other, yeah. Now that you, now that you people watching know this. We'll be at your front door soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, like I said, you know, I've known Lily. I've had her on my show. I've been on her show and I never knew, I, like I obviously knew that she was like very active and gifted, but until that activation, I had no idea of what was going on when she does those activations, very gifted. And that's a profound ability that is in, you know, you wouldn't expect anyhow. Right. And so that moment too, I remember that we were, everybody was like, you know, the whole group there that was meditating was kind of on the same page of just blown away by that right so anyhow yeah. that's why i wanted to mention it st louis has never been on my bucket list but i gotta say i'm dying i could do have a huge healthy craving to go back to that site i really do yeah. if i live there i would go there all the time that i would you know like i'm like drawn to it i yeah. did i never knew i never knew but i'm like yeah as we're talking about i'm drawn to go back to it and you weren't wrong in the fact when you felt when you're on top of Monk's Mound and felt something below. Um, Katie was being told the same thing. Lily was being told the same thing. Anybody who's remote viewed or dials there, like, boom, something remote under viewers. this mound. Yeah. I wasn't looking either. Yeah. That's the other thing. I was just meditating. I was just trying to disconnect from the wild week I had. 
and I was just meditating. I wasn't looking, and that was exactly what I felt. I felt it in a big way with yep. something down there. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. um, and Lily, Lily, I think she. They told her that like underneath of there is like a space base or some sort of spaceport, and then uh, somebody else channeled that that was an ancient spaceport. I think all the pyramid sites were spaceports. I mean, I just, I really, I think something was going on there, but. Yeah, they definitely weren't Stone Age cavemen right. uh, hanging out there. Maybe they were hanging out there, you know what I mean? Like to uh to yeah. work, but um anyway, I might even <clears throat> add what you just said in the little documentary that we're doing, uh, just to for some more testimonial. This is I guess it's gonna be a big be documentary, but <laughs> yeah, it's worthy it's of the doc it's worthy of that, you know. Like we're we're looking at things that are already documented, but from a different perspective altogether. Yeah. From a perspective, from knowledge that we've accepted that other people turn away. You see how easy it is to just hide one aspect. So you take the channeling away yeah. of this whole conversation of what we just said. You said nobody can channel anything. You take Katie's channeling away from what she did and found that energy and felt that. So her, if you, you know what I'm saying? if I'm talking to, if you take a science and then you take the whole experience of what we had and they go, well, whatever, you know, it's discounted. So we're yeah. we're using all the information that we have at, with us to to do this. So documentaries of what like what you're talking about doing are super important. Um, you know, and it it is what it is. Those are forms of overlapping evidence. It's evidence that overlaps. This is something that has to be taken seriously. There's that many people don't all just you know miscue the same thing. Right. Well right. said. Right. Well said. Yes. Well said. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'm trying to think of other things I, I uh, learned. I, it was a whirlwind. I was It was a bummer. I did get sick at the conference. I was feeling a little bit um, sick when I got there. And then Monday night, um, whatever, something happened. After I got, after I talked, I was keyed up. I was living on the anxiety of talking. I was excited uh, Monday and Tuesday. And then after I talked on Tuesday, just the energy was gone. And I, I had to circum. I missed some, I missed like four of the speakers and they were all desirable. Everybody I wanted to see. I really wish I would have saw Margie Kay. Um, I am going to get a, a hold of them. I'm just now getting back on the horse here, back in the company and uh, getting the, the learning company going, you know, I'm just kind of, but I was laid out and I was really uh, legitimately upset. You go to conferences all the time and you miss speakers and you go, you either know, the info already you've already seen it and you go it's okay or they're friends or whatever um but i legit wanted i legitimately really wanted to watch every presentation at this conference there was a great body of uh information given uh it was mm -hmm. very so um well you have the replays at least yeah right yeah. but are you already planning out another one yeah oh yeah yeah we actually are. i just uh same it's place. gonna be at the same place. I just locked in the dates. I mean, it's happening. We just don't have. That's any, good to know. Any details well, yeah. Out. So if you don't work out the deal, that's good to know. I'll mark it on my calendar. So um, right. I don't know if I'll be talking to it, but I would still come down. I'd be happy to come. So I can, I can, I can disclose the dates already. Why not? People sure. are. Yeah, why not? You know, it takes a while to promo. Right. Um, May. No, wait. This is. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. I need to go to next year. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you another thing about the crowd. I would go anywhere to hang out with a lot of those people in the crowd. Like this, it's forming a family. A lot of the right. people there were at the last, were at the Orlando conference. A lot of the people were in Shasta. You know, right. I've met though, I've met a lot of the people from all over. And a lot of people are regret, like, 
in Vegas. Like I've met this. It's you go to a conference and you spend a weekend with somebody that that understands what you're talking about, and your friends. And then you go to another conference and you see them again, and now you're family. Right. And so then you go to the third conference and you know it grows. Right. And so that's kind of the vibe that's going on. So I really all these conferences are worth it. I'm, um, you know, as the people that come to them to travel and stay, it's expensive, but it's worth it. Um, you don't get this anywhere else. There's no other show on earth that that does what we're doing. Right. I agree. Thank you for that. Um, the yeah, dates for, the dates for next year are May 13th through the 16th, right in the middle of the month. I'll make note of it. So anybody who's interested, we know already. You know, it's funny, they, um, the staff, so I'll tell this story, since we're talking about the conference, the staff, all the people who were serving us food the whole time, the employees, or one of them tried to buy one of these shirts. And I was like, uh, I said, no, just take it. Like you guys, like I was going to tip them anyway, right? And she's like, well, I was going to buy one for my friend too. I was like, well, do, do, do you guys all want one? And anyway, all the staff and I just gave them each a t-shirt. So then we had, we went in for the presenter, came back out, all of them, all five or six of them were wearing these shirts. Like they were their employee yeah. uniform uniforms and they were serving us food and, and doing a yeah, whole buffet so in these shirts. And I started talking to each and every one of them. They're all fans, like not just of the podcast, but of this type of information. And each one of them has their own stories. And some of them were booking sessions with Margie Kay. And the other one was telling me about how her dad or something has an implant and, and their other favorite show is coast to coast and whatever. And I'm just like, wow, like, this is amazing. And that venue, they were so excited to have us back. Like before I even left, they wanted me to pick the dates for next year. Like they just wanted, they like, they, they told us that that was their favorite event of the year there. And the both times we did it, it's like, they're, so they, they like, couldn't wait for us to set it up again. They really wanted us back. So when I saw the shirts, I thought Tyler is a marketing genius. <laughs> they were serving us in the shirt of the man that was smart what he did that marketing genius so i can already say that we should do the Koki amounts trip on saturday the 18th in 2024 yeah am i, mean, I too soon too soon no no i mean no. There's, there's nothing planned yet. we will go back to well, the mounds i think friday it's gonna, or saturday i guess whichever day i gotta you tell know you what, that's works best i just want to say that state of mind from that time of meditating was you know, I don't want to say addicting, but I've, it, it was a place that was so blissful that I want to go back. Right. Back. Now, there is some interesting yeah. developments at yeah, that site. Absolutely. So, so the mounds, um, they're trying to turn it into a national park all of a sudden. A. Mm -hmm. B. Simultaneously with that announcement, they shut down the museum for um, rehab renovations, which is whatever. I didn't, I didn't think it needed to be renovated, but maybe it did. And then three, they announced that they're going to start further excavations. Now, less than 1% of the entire site's been excavated. And like Brad mentioned, they found giant skeletons with double rows of teeth and six fingers and toes. Now, what else is they going to find there? Why, why are they turning it into a national park? Why is the museum being revamped? I probably to, you know, I guess, meet the standards for a national park. And then why are they starting further excavations? I don't know. It's interesting. Some interesting developments. Uh, so right now it's not a national park. It's a state park. But yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So it's not under federal guidelines. That's why. Yeah. It's not under federal law. So 
So now it's a national park. Now the um, DC has a say in what happens there. It yeah. comes out of this. Now it's the Smithsonian. Right. You know what I mean? Like the state right. park is it's Illinois or right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Illinois. 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 So now when it's a national park, it's the Smithsonian. Right. Um, so it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. I hope that we are allowed to do the same thing, you know, like I, I well, let's just manifest. We will be allowed. We to. will. No, no, we will. No yeah. Yeah. Who do they think they are anyway? Right. 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 Um, I mean, if you um, can't meditate on anywhere, anywhere, then we're, yeah, we might as well be in China or, you know, I, yeah. um, uh, you know, getting back on the subject matter of the books, um, I got to tell you that I really feel that the information of people being taken into a secret space program or a covert program, black program, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it and not sue me. Um, And then being taken and put back. So under our nose. So kids, we're talking about kids being taken and living for a long time and serving and then building out colonies in the solar system and nearby stars. Mars being inhabited by indigenous large insectoids, be it in our phase or in a slightly off phase, and colonies on Mars with literally millions of people currently living there. This information really proliferated. I looked back at my original, and this is something I'm, you know, I, I don't know how many more, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a book tour. I'm going to do some interviews on shows, but they're going to talk about the book and I'll be in and out short and sweet. So this, I want to say while I have a minute, um, the information's being attacked. I looked at the original emails and I, I, because I asked you, I said, I asked everybody, remember that month we had all those earthquakes back in 2015 and Brad, even we talked about it back in Vegas a couple years ago, said that he had a buddy that was in seismology, that the earthquakes that happened all in that month globally that they had a different wave about them and that earthquakes happened at a certain depth and they were all at a much higher depth, closer to the surface. Yeah. And we thought that they were warfare. And I, I had Kevin Trimmel. I don't know if you remember him and mm-hmm. he doesn't talk, speak publicly anymore. Kevin and I, he got his memories back the same time I did. And I was like, I'll bet that those earthquakes destroyed a technology that kept everybody's memory suppressed. And you know, there, there was a war going on. They were destroying bases underground. That's what those earthquakes were. There was warfare in 2015. I couldn't remember when, but I went through my original emails that I had sent to Dr. Salah back in 2015, and it was April of 15. Or, yeah, it was April. April of 15 was when that happened. I got my memories back in May of 15. That's what I'm saying. It was that close to that. And I think that that gave us an entire generation of whistleblowers, people that came forward, and especially one gifted one that seemed to have slammed the door behind them um, immediately after that. Because I think that there was a technology that kept people's memories erased, a broadcast, you know what I'm saying? Like an underground, whatever, array. And it was destroyed and people started to remember, like myself and others. And I think they've replaced it. And that's why we're not getting the new stuff. I mean, I'm just like, whatever, I'm spewing off here. But what I'm saying is that things are lining up. And now that that's back in place, it's like we're seeing the information greatly attacked, mm-hmm. greatly attacked, mm-hmm. greatly attacked by and not being replaced with new whistleblowers behind the information. Um, I I expected to be attacked from day one. But it was like they waited 
and then yeah. now I'm getting it more often than you know more often than not um so I'm just I just want to say that I just want to say that that I don't want anybody watching this and you guys and on the show like you guys but we have a history you know my story you've seen me progress from day one of really of talking and being silenced in the first place and then getting uh you know getting the book out and talking about it you see me progress but I just want people to remember remember to not forget they are trying to wean us off of this information because it's true and it's very important they're trying to wean us away from it slowly and I I'm you know I got to go my own direction in life. I don't think I'm the man. I never thought that I was the one that's good because my account isn't palatable. You know what I'm saying? Like what happened? It's trauma. Everything that I talk about is traumatic and I don't, that's not what I'm not the poster boy for this, but they're going to wean us away from it. And I, I'm really, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not afraid, but I could just, I can just see it under, it's just like underhanded. You yeah, know what I'm well, saying? Like, and they're bringing in people yeah. into the community to attack each other left and right. It's just, it's horrible. It's like, there has to be some taste. If you don't well, believe in me, fine. But you don't have to sling mud, you know? Well, you know, we did our SSP month a while back. That's when we first interviewed you. We have all, we have all the recordings, everything saved, all these interviews we've done, all the testimonies. We did an entire conference. We have all that footage. Everything's documented. Um, there's there's big, there's other things in the works right now, um, potentially, um, which we'll talk about at another time, but we're, we journey to truth. We're not going to let it die. And I know you're not. Um, and I know I see it. I see the attacks happening. What they don't need to kill whistleblowers anymore. Guess what they do. They mind control them to destroy mm -hmm. this, discredit their own testimony, destroy other people's testimonies or just they go. Try to dis they try to discredit the information. This is they Cause they realize if we attack, 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 People will see the psychological uh, human be uh, nature. It's like, oh, that must be true because they're attacking it or it puts more energy into it. So what they do instead is prop up one guy or a couple guys to be the big and then have them uh, discredit all the information Pull the rug out. because of their yeah. behavior. And then yeah. everyone throws the baby out the bathwater. Oh, it's all BS because look but at this that's one That's mind guy. control. That's exactly. mind control exactly that's <laughs> here's that's here's the thing about whistleblowers if you were real or whatever I, I think everyone on some level was taken into some program or something either way it's mind control mk ultra so and certain people are more susceptible to that mind control based on their personality their their um ego whatever it is they know us better than we know ourselves and there's no reason that if you were once in the programs, they know how to mind control you, that they still can't do it if you're not on a healing journey rising above that frequency. So certain people who are talking uh, are all of a sudden, like you said, they're shitting on their own testimony. The whole Rendlesham Forest thing, Carrie Cassidy was talking about, like all of a sudden these people are changing their stories now and they're not talking about it. After years and years and years of one of the most well-documented UFO sightings and landings, now these right. people are, what's happening? Something psychologically is happening to these people that they're changing their story. And it's discrediting the whole thing for the new people that are trying to look into this stuff. That's why we have exactly. to keep it alive. That's why we did our UFO for dummy timeline, like UFO for dummies timelines, because like we have an entire history of this stuff and they're trying to erase history, uh, the ufology history. And then this SSP stuff, they're trying to destroy it day by day, every day. Oh, they would love love for it to go away. It's a huge, it's a huge 
liability to explain. It won't. Right. It's In a disclosure. Lie. You know, it's a huge liability to them. Right. Um, I got to say that as this is something that just dawned on me as you were saying that as that maybe I have a unique perspective because I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I'm the one giving my testimony in that direction. Is that after a while, you know, it wasn't painful per se, but when I did talk about things, like there's times when I choke up, uh, you know, when I relive some of the things I went through, it's very emotional. And I got to say, getting the book out and especially the second book has really healed that, dovetailed it. You know yes. what I'm saying? It's really, I, I've really, at a, I'm at a point now where, you know, in the beginning, when I got my memories back, I was at the point where I had to tell somebody or, you know what I mean? Or something. I just, it was a, I had to, it was a, it was a, you know, big motivator in me, but now because I've got the book out and everything, I kind of at a point where I'm okay. If I don't talk about it, like if nobody ever asked me to come on a show ever again, I'm like, I'll be cool. It'll be bittersweet, you know, cause I love you guys. I love the people give me attention and a very affectionate at conferences and things. It's awesome. You know, it'd be bittersweet when I, the day that I do hang it up. Um, but I could now, you know, right. because I've told it so much, but at the same time, I see the dangers in it being swept under the rug. You know what I'm saying? It just lines them up so they can keep on doing it. And yeah. uh, there has to be an evolution to where they're doing it in a humane way. That's the right. thing. And I, I want my testimony to be out there until that happens. Well, and, and and they would love nothing more than to see you hang it up or walk away and or any of us. And, and that's why you got to be like John Lear and just do it till the day you die. I mean, like, unfortunately, you, yeah. I, I don't think we have the luxury to sit back right now. I mean, I, no. I really don't. It, no. But it's good emotionally for your healing journey that, yeah, once you write stuff down, and I'm, I know this from my own experience, it's very healing. And it opens space for even new memories to come in and stuff. Once it's on paper in the book, it's like, okay, that's like, I can relax now. I don't have to remember it. It's here. So then it opens space for new things that happen and new healing and whatever life opportunities has for you. Yeah, it gets the bad memory out and puts it away somewhere. It's outside of you. Um, there's that. And then, you know, I, 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 I rethink a lot of my opinions on a lot of people. There's people out there that are telling the truth slightly off. There's people out there that are purposely lying. And there's people out there that are telling a great deal of truth that are being attacked greatly. And I feel that no matter what your individual, um, like I say it all the time, like people, like I, I got some pretty beautiful uh, looking criticisms recently in the last six months. I'm like, man, that was pretty good, you know, but I feel it's your right to not like me. So anybody that doesn't like me or believe me, if you don't believe me, it's absolutely, it's your right. It'd be weird if everybody liked me and nobody, nobody questioned me. I think that's cool. And I think that 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 opens the door to progression to to scrutinize, you know what I'm saying, to crossing the T's and dotting the I's with scrutiny to be to be proof proofread in a way by people yeah. that are skeptical. But I think I'm and I'll say this, I'm seeing people that are just being cruel about it, that it's based on emotion and not on looking for the truthfulness of mm -hmm. it. It's people that are having a their own problems, And I noticed that there's a common denominator. They all seem to be people that are not great, not happy without the information altogether, just in their own life needs to be sorted out. 
Yeah. And so I, the cruelty, I would say, you know, just let it go, man. If you don't, if you don't reverberate with what you saw, if you don't connect, if you went to a conference with East or West and you didn't connect with it, just don't go. You know what I'm saying? But the mudslinging stuff is only is is another technique, like you said, like Aaron was saying, is to dissipate the information, and it's not doing anybody any good to point the finger and have three point right back at you. If you don't believe right. it, just move on. Right, or you be you Amen. become the very thing that you're fighting. Yeah, you become right. that, and you become an asshole. Yeah, and hey, listen, I've slung some mud before. Aaron has, we have, like we all get caught up, we all get triggered, we oh. learn from it though, you know, and. No, we're not per. I'm not. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. And it's also, and it's also one thing to have a private converse, one-on-one conversation with somebody about you. Your if they ask you your opinion on something, you can that's just right. Be honest, and tell them. But it's another thing to publicly go on your public channel and, and just rant. attack, 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 attack. And that's mm. what we're seeing a lot of. Yeah, uh, right now. And you're telling the audience more about yourself than you are about the person you think you you're are attacking. only revealing your own character. Yeah. All you're doing. I, th- I think people intend to like they're going to reveal some truth, but really all they're doing is scaring the audience away from the, all of it. And, you know, well, I mean, people that, are like, ah, too much drama. I will, that's and, it. And what's next? Now, this is where we get into the entities that are working through people and the mind control and all that stuff, because I see people on social media every so often I'm I'm done I'm leaving the community I'm quitting whatever like whoever dark whatever dark controller up there that was pushing their buttons they're celebrating every time somebody walks away from this that's one less voice they have to worry about that's right and it doesn't matter it, it, SSP or spirituality it doesn't matter what it is and people mm-hmm. like they attach themselves to the this quote community it's not even a community it's a global movement it's an ascension it's an awakening you can't walk away from that unless you go back into the matrix and allow yourself to be mind controlled. So I laugh when I see people do that. And I think a lot of that has to do that very statement alone tells you about the person because they only make that statement publicly because there's something about them that wants the attention. It's like whenever the people like, Oh, I'm leaving social media, like then just leave. Don't make an announcement. Like there's something about that. that, that, that they need the, they need some sort they need some sort of external validation and it's not yeah. really about this the statement it, it's 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 more of a psychological thing that they don't even understand like it's a healing journey we're all in this journey together but uh guys don't walk away from it like find a way we can't like this is the time i want to say that i'm not talking about any one person in 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 particular i see it from a group from i see it all over it's like percolating you know what i'm saying it's like a poison that's percolating to the surface yeah. And I, that's why I brought it up because it, you know, it, tur- it runs the, it runs the danger of just clouding up the good work that everybody else is doing. You get yeah. what I mean? Like people are doing good work. The disclosure community right now, the whistleblowers that we have right now are high quality. There's a lot of good work going on into getting people the truth, not only in the ETs, but in the psychic phenomenon, everybody's getting into the remote viewing now these meditations that are these activations are happening like across the board this community you know it's all the same thing it's 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 all the same family yep. and it's doing we we've got some really quality stuff happening so causing the drama is just weighing it down and we want it to really lift off and i think i think we've been doing good man like i've been at it for a while now and i can see it really 
really going. And the other thing is like when I looked at the there's a lot of people on your like at the conference that I had no idea about their testimony or what their information is. So there's a lot to learn mm -hmm. for all of us. Like this is a deep field. There's, you know, millions of people involved. There's a lot to learn, man. And, right. um, you know, don't let your hate for one person stop you from discovering the beauty in a thousand other people while you're right. wasting your time hating one person. Right. You know, right. there's always going to be someone you, to hate. You can hate me. Feeding, it's cool. But feeding your energy into that. Yeah. is that really the best use of your time and energy you absolute waste of time exactly right uh, you know what I think are you i'm gonna coin that and that's gonna be my new opener forever. <laughs> you like you know yeah. i think that's a good i'm gonna write yeah. that down i think that that came to me um pretty cool so why waste your time hating one person when you can enjoy thousand other people right and what is it in you that you cannot let that go is another thing <laughs> yes Yep. What is it in you that is getting so triggered by the, whether you agree with them or not, or think whatever the fact that you're spending so much time and energy attacking them and hating them says there's something in you that needs healing that needs to be looked at. Yeah. yeah. God, that literally felt good hearing you say that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, ah, Thank you. you know, because uh, I'm always a person that's like a fight or flight thing. And I always, I'm quick. I'm quick to be angry slow to do anything about it so i float around with that you know thinking about the right thing to do and uh you know i want to let go of, of a lot of the stuff like I, I don't mind when people attack me necessarily um but when people do terrible things to friends it's really it kind of hurts you know what yeah. i'm saying it hurts it, it, does, it does but you have to you have to get to a place um it takes a lot to get there you have to get to a place where you really don't get triggered personally don't take it personally. I we, I yeah. got an email, personal email the other day. It wasn't an attack. It wasn't anything. It was actually somebody sharing um, their information on what they thought was happening with the secret space program. And they were telling me why a lot of this stuff was wrong and whatever. And I didn't resonate. A lot of it could have, I could have got into it with this person. Instead, I just like, I just didn't care. Actually. I was just like, I, I let them have that opinion. Like it may, whatever. And in their reality, that could all be true. I'm not even going to waste my breath, my energy, and just let the email go. And that's the end of it. But right. you can allow, you can allow yourself to get sucked into that energy. You're and that's not a good place. Then. Yeah. And it's You're a waste of energy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. My thing is this, like, look, I'm, I'm totally open-minded. If somebody came and showed me pictures and said, Tony, this is what really happened to you. It wasn't like you th thought this something different happened. Here you go. You were, they gave, they gave you this drug and everybody can write series colony cavalier after they take right. this drug. Right. <laughs> you know, you I'm enough, open to something, right. If something happened, LSD, different, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you turns out, Tony, you don't remember, but you did LSD 5,000 times, <laughs> you know, who knows, yeah. who knows what it is, but I'm saying I'm open-minded to that. And I'm the first to say, you know, if something else is, there's a better explanation for the things that have lined up around my testimony then I'll be the first to admit, you know, I don't know it all. However, you still have to explain the things that I did get right. The place in Seattle, the plane in Peru, the town in Peru, the cover-up of the town in Peru, Inyo Kern, you know, on and on. And the people involved. I don't even publicly talk about the people involved and the people are, there are people involved. And yeah. uh, so there's a lot mm -hmm. to it that needs to be explained. So and, that's and the reason I keep going. Right. And places right. like Diego Garcia that comes Diego up Garcia. in every testimony. And 
and there's just too much there's too much there is no paper trail we're creating one i mean yeah, we are the yeah. paper trail so i'm still working on it i uh, got a few things in pl uh, planned you were right to tell me not to speak about it publicly we are working on it and um in the beginning of my testimony when i got my memories back it was just about proving it enough so that I would be investigated so that, you know, if I could prove one thing, then you have to listen to the rest of it. And so the low hanging fruit happened and then I moved on and then people wanted to know what's going on in space. And that was the bulk of it. So yeah. now, because it's all under attack, there's a weight to bury it. Now I'm going back and trying to squeeze out all the evidence I can about the earth times. And I'll be working on that for the next couple of years. Really. Uh, it's in the works. It's I'm going to, I'm going to have to spend money at it now. That's really the deal is I've got to go and pay money and go and research not that I haven't already, um, but I'm trying to squeeze out as much information, as much evidence as I can, and I will share it as I get it to everybody. Yep. And uh, yeah, Boom. big things planned for the future for all of us. I think it's going to be, we're, we're not going to let this die. I think we're just at the beginning. We've been doing this for four and a half years now, and I feel like we're just now starting um, branching off into bigger and better things. There's so much more than just a podcast now. And uh, I'm I'm super excited. And this conference was life changing for me as well as a lot of people. A lot of people said it was life changing, and and I think that's just what happens. Not because it's our conference, but when you get around that type of people and you're activated. But for me, for the first time, I've just I got you know my future for years has been foggy. Anytime I try and see my path, and something happened on this trip where. It just like unlocked and I can, I see this clear path on, on what I'm supposed to do now. And I have like an unlimited amount of drive to do it. I don't know if it's the activation we did at Cahokia. I don't know what happened, but it felt like something was just like this weight was lifted and I'm like ready to go hit the ground running. So, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean that for Aaron and I both, like it's, it's a journey to truth. And, uh, it's, I think we have big things in ahead. You guys have a great deal of potential with what you've done already. With what with, with the work you've already done, it's easy to build on and build something great. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows. We all everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. Yeah. So and then it's hard, sorely needed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like uh, somebody, you know, a credible source of information on a media is credit is needed. So if you guys, you know, the here's the here's the advice that. Jackie and I remind to each other all the time. We were when we were writing the books, we put work into it, and we she would she would go, should we put this in? How do you want to write this? And I would say, well, it's the truth, so it goes in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Duh. you know. And she yeah, said it too. Simple. And there were times when I would say, is this TMI? Should I put this? There's a lot of TMI in my books. I don't want. I'll cringe if I read my own book. Yeah, there's a lot of TMI, and she would say, Tony. It's is it true? I said, yeah. She says, then it goes in. Right. It's got, that's yeah. the let that be the the that's the compass. You know what I'm saying? Like you go in the direction that is it true or not? If it's if you don't know it's true, then you say I this may or may not be true. Yeah. But if it's true, it goes in and that's it. And you just let it ride. And that's all right. you gotta do, man. Yeah. Really. Uh, and everybody in the chat over there is looking for that. That's why they're here. That's exactly right. why that's what everybody's looking mm -hmm. for. Exactly. <laughs> The Normies yeah. are going to come around whether they like it or not. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, At some point. Somebody said, glad you got to fight me. <laughs> I don't. Well, I didn't. Like prior to the conference, actually, we were, uh, 
me personally and Journey to Truth, we were receiving some of the heaviest attacks, the heaviest attacks we've ever gotten. And it got personal things I'm not even going to share publicly, but it was uh, next level. I was like, wow, I'm really dealing with this. This is insane. And it was so hard to keep going. But when we did it, we pulled it off anyway. And we had the event, we had the conference and it literally was the best decision that, you know, I ever made just like to keep going with it and not let the attack stop me. And what happened was being around all those people, it reignites that fire. It reignites the fire and reminds you exactly why you're doing it. And that's what it did because prior to that, I'm like, damn, we're getting censored on YouTube. We're screaming into the wind. You know, we're censored on every platform. We can't promote this conference. Even if we wanted to, we have this whole other thing happening, which I'm not going to mention, but um, you know, we're, we're being called pedophile pushers and Satanists and, and top of it. And the, just people are calling the, calling the venue, trying to get the conference shut down. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah. which there was happen. a, there yeah. was a Rolodex of new, I learned some lessons this time yeah. too. Uh, energy lessons. I learned quite a bit. Uh, yeah. so there were attacks, uh, on every level here. And, uh, you know, I know kind of what you're talking about, you know, I think I was, uh, you know, I had shots at me from the same, come out of the same cannon. Um, and that is what it is. Like, you know, that you have to defend yourself on a certain level and it, you're right. It's not worth feeding into it. People. And like I said earlier, there, there's a certain kind of dignity in being attacked. Right. Yeah, right because right. It, really, because if you're just worthless, it's like, don't worry about him. Don't worry about that kid over there, whatever. But if you're, you're if you threat. stand up and people attack, it's because you're a threat to something that's, you're, that's you're established. Threat. You right. are a threat. You you know you're over the target. And I would say this to anybody doing attacking, like you said, it's your own. What's tri- why is why is that triggering you? What's in it? With, what's inside you that caused the attack? You know what I mean? It's a place right. of in feeling inferiority. Yeah. And so you guys are doing well. If you're not getting attacked, you're not doing well. Right. And so as they like I said, I I expected them earlier, and now they're rolling out on me, and I kind of feel like okay. Well, um, it's getting real. Thanks. It's you know, badge of honor now, right? Tony, um, we hate you. I'm like, thanks. Where have you been? Everybody liked <laughs> me until this point. So, right. Uh, exactly. I'm going to start wrapping this up. But before I wrap it up, um, last night, James Rink on Super Soldier Talk had Jessica Jones and Barry Everson on. Barry Everson was on Super Soldier yeah, Talk. Barry. Um, he had them on talking about their Sasquatch experiences at the conference. And it was very well put together. And he provided audio, audio that they captured while they were up in the woods and told some of their incredible stories and things that happened. I just, I'm not going to get into it because I could tell the whole story, but it's all told on Super Soldier Talk. So go over there and watch last night's episode with Jessica Jones. Um, It was great. I highly recommend it. It was really good. I was watching it. I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's going to say. And I was like, damn, this is good. <laughs> he did yeah. a great job putting it together. He did a little presentation. And um, yeah, thank you so much again for joining us, Tony. Guys, go get his book, Project Thanks Star Yeah, um, you got it right here. Book. Everyone buy the book. And if you haven't read the first one, go get that. You can just get them on Amazon. It's the best place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on the website. And um I want to say this, that I have a remote viewing group that I'm starting. It started and it does well. We were doing kind of messing around with it slightly in my tier three Patreon. But now I have a fully fledged remote viewing, learning remote viewing. And I want to grow that group. I'm going to start being way more active in it. Um, It's every it's like every other week. There's like a beginner's one and then an advanced one. And come on and check me out on Talks with Tony on Patreon. 
And uh, that's a great group. Like I said, I've moved more towards less interviews and more towards live group events through the Patreon um, medium. And that's why I was I was avoiding getting canceled off YouTube, too. In 2020 is when I really got hammered. And so that's what kind of pushed me onto Patreon. And it's so far so good. Right, um, but the Patreon live talks. Well, when everybody logs on and you don't record it and you have a live talk, it's organic. It's right there. It's great information and they can't cancel it. You know, it's a Zoom. So Zoom yeah. hasn't kicked me off yet. Right. Uh, so yeah. these are great. I, they go on the Patreon. People come in through the membership and I post the links and they do. But the remote viewing stuff, everybody can do. It's the I feel that the remote viewing exercise is the doorway to all of the abilities, to everything. You know, it's not about viewing so much. It's about getting in touch with the part of you that can view. And right. so I do that. So come on out and check that out. And I'm working on that. And Maple Street Learning is moving right along. We're going into the curriculum. There are modules built. And I've got I've really got some great staff on board now. And that company's growing. I'm looking to really transition into the learning software based on ET software that I witnessed. So yeah, um, that's, that's incredible that, too. That's a major project to me. And I've got a lot of wind wind in my sails with that. Yeah. That's I'm excited for all that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks and, for having me at the conference too, guys. Of course, man. Thank you so uh, much. Our, and our honor and pleasure. Our, yeah, you. exactly. Um, yeah, and as far as our Patreon goes as well, guys, if you want to see what we uncovered at Cahokia and we have all the footage, we got some interviews, we're, we have some really cool stuff we're going to put together. Uh, no mm -hmm. exact date yet, but we are going to be doing a little Cahokia Mounds documentary on our Patreon. And then the Clones webinar, uh, It's an Illusion movie magic isn't just for hollywood that's what we're calling it but that is on the 18th father's day yep. uh, so if you haven't joined our Patre patreon go ahead and head over there sign up it's only five bucks a month you, five bucks you, a month cup yeah. of coffee and uh you get whatever. access to all of our other bonus content and we're just going to start throwing some cool stuff up even what we're going to start doing also is some old rare interviews from other whistleblowers they're getting scrubbed from the internet uh, we're just going to throw them on there as a place where the patrons, the patrons can just, you know, have access to those there as well. So, yeah, um, the Patreon is totally worth it. The $5 subscription, all, all 20 of them that I have are worth every penny. Um, and it stops, it stops a lot of the trolls and it stops a lot mm -hmm. of the censorship so that you can kind of talk. And like I said, it sets up the ability to do lives where you can just be freely speak about things. And uh, you develop a family, man. It's like the it's like uh, it becomes a family. And I'll tell you what, um, they've been there for me. There were people from my Patreon at around the campfire, and they were looking out for me. Um, and I, that's just how it goes, you know. Yeah. Like um, it was, it's just a great thing to do. So anybody that hasn't done it, check out both both of our Patreon. I'm kidding, but your Patreon. I'm a member too, yeah. and I'm looking forward to a lot of the stuff you guys put out. So I, I'm following you guys there, and I love that you are doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. It's the beginning of bigger and better things. I know that. Um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you all. Uh, you if you missed the conference, you can go to the website. It's still up. You can get the live stream or the conference replay. Um, it's all polished now. You can you, you, you can go watch every presentation, whatever you want. Um, some great stuff. Tony's alone is worth it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So head over to journeytotruthcon.com if you want to uh, catch the conference replay. And um, other than that, stay tuned for next week. We can't wait to see you guys. We love you all and good night. Good night, guys. <laughs>